a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We have an election season count update right now. According to the U.S. Elections Project, they're tracking voter turnout nationwide. Utahns, we have cast 57,000 votes so far in early voting. So this is amazing. Turnout is going to be incredible. Uh, We're so excited to continue our conversation about election season right now. And Dave and I really want to give a shout out and a big thank you to one of our many listeners um, going through homelessness. Uh, We're going to call him Tom to protect his identity, of course. He called the show last week and he asked our producer, Andrew Hull, who picks up all of our phone calls. He asked, Andrew, where can I vote? Because I'm homeless. So, Tom, we got your call. We heard your question, and we sent one of our reporters looking for answers to not only your question, but two other very important questions about voting this year. And KSL's Kelly Pierce answers a lot of those questions. Tom specifically, uh, which is, can you vote if you're experiencing homelessness? Uh, Can you vote if you just moved to Utah? Ah. And what hoops are you going to have to jump through to register to vote on Election Day? And then in 10 minutes from now, Dave and I are going to have a, we're going to have Boyd Matheson pull up to the kitchen table. We're going to have a roundtable discussion about voting as a family. Voting as a family. Voting has changed in my home dramatically. I went through an amazing experience last night with my family, and I can't wait to share it with you. Uh, 1.6 mail-in ballots across Utah. 1.6 million. So question one of three that KSL News Radio's Kelly Pierce is uh, set, set out to answer for us. Can you vote in this election, the general election, if you just move to Utah? Kelly. If you just moved to Utah, welcome. But Director of Elections Justin Lee says anyone who's lived here less than 30 days can't vote here. That being said, if you're moving within the state from one part of the state to another, there's no problem with you registering at the new address and voting there. What about if you're an inactive voter? You got to say something. The county clerks don't know what they don't know. If someone moves, um, if a voter isn't active in any way, there's no way for the county clerk to know anything unless voters reach out. So there is certainly some personal responsibility that voters need to take to make sure that they can vote. Another issue issue a voter can run into is homelessness. Lee says you can vote here if you're homeless, but you'll need a mailing address. But sometimes uh, someone without a permanent address will use something uh, like the homeless shelter or a friend's house that they could call their address for voting purposes. Such great information. We have three ballots in my house, Debbie. Mm. Uh, My wife and I have ours. And then my son, who is in Alaska serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Mm -hmm. he has one. So. But it's at our house. So what are you going to do with it? Uh, you can't, you can't vote s- on his behalf. Remember, we've learned that lesson on this show many times. And it's one of those problems that is fairly unique to, to Utah. Uh, I talked to a poll worker and they said, oh, yeah, parents filling out their missionaries ballot is a real problem. I know how they're going to vote. I, I, they wanted me to vote. No, you cannot. If it's not your ballot, you cannot touch it. Uh, but, yeah, I guess we have to send it to him. You better do it quickly. Yeah. You better do it quickly. I moved to Utah in uh, 1990, 
And there was a time when I showed up. Remember when we had to all report to a certain polling place and wait in line, and I got to the front of the line, and they said I was at the wrong place. And I had expended all of my extra time. I was working for Channel 4 News at the time, and I had to be out on an interview. And so it was a matter of me running to my car, jumping in my car, driving at a high rate of speed to my correct polling location. And I realized in that moment, I'd obviously forgotten to change my address because I'd moved. I think I bought a condo or something, and the, also realized the county clerk is not my mom. <laughs> she wasn't tracking you. She wasn't following up on you. Yeah, you got to you got to do this work on your own, folks. Okay, question two that Kelly delved uh, delved into for us: What hoops do you need to jump through if you decide to register day of? First of all, hoop number one: You got to jump through a socially distanced line, and if you line jump, you know it'll happen. So 20 people in line means the line runs 120 feet. And I actually went outside and measured what 120 feet is straight up. It's a height of a 10-story building or a roller coaster. Sunday came and it was over. Now she's got me twisted like an old beach roller coaster. One big long line. It's a baby roller coaster. (laughs) But you can avoid the lines, right, Dave? Yeah, avoid the line by logging uh, onto vote.utah.gov, the deadline to register to vote using the online voter registration system, 5 o'clock, October 23rd. So you've got a few days, but just go to vote.utah.gov. So uh, Sherry Swenson, Salt Lake County Clerk, told us last week that if you end up uh, having to register the day of, um, well... And Salt Lake County Clerk Sherry Swenson says it's better not to do same-day registration, even though you technically could. Because the requirements are higher for same-day registration. The individual doing same-day registration has to fill out a form, and it's much like their voter registration form. And they have to provide not only ID, as all in-person voters, voters do, but proof of residency. And that's where it gets really hard. So something like a utility bill, mm-hmm. your photo ID, uh, or just do it like way in advance. <laughs> don't don't tackle that headache on, you, on election day. You just told folks how to do that. Uh, yeah. Go to that website and you can register there. Okay, the third question. And I think the most important question we could answer today was Tom's question. Tom called in. As I said earlier, he's experiencing homelessness and he had a question for for. For us here at KSL News Radio, he said, what do I do if I'm experiencing homelessness? I don't have an address to get a ballot at. So Kelly Pierce, well, she set out to get Tom some answers. Another issue a voter can run into is homelessness. Lee says you can vote here if you're homeless, but you'll need a mailing address. But sometimes uh, someone without a permanent address will use something uh, like the homeless shelter or a friend's house that they could call their address for voting purposes. I chuckle there. There is a million ways to vote, right? Everyone is trying to to help you, but you do have to put forth a little effort. If you're not sure, if you don't have your ballot right now, make sure you reach out to your county clerk. And I think that's good news for Tom. You can go to the local resource center and they can help you walk you through how to register to vote. And, you know, all those details that you need, they're there to help you. We want your vote to count, Tom. We want your vote to count. Next, we also don't want you locking yourself in the bathroom with your ballot so you can vote in isolation. Voting in isolation like we used to is, it's just not a thing anymore. We're going to discuss the benefits of your ballots becoming 
a big old family affair. I want you to hear what I did last night with my family and our ballots. Straight ahead. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.